Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. And me, Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And together with our world-class coaching team, we've helped more than 6,000 women over 40 to fit back into their favorite clothes over the past decade. For more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, we're going to reveal the seven diets to avoid at all costs in January around menopause. So sit back and relax, and welcome to today's podcast. So one of the most common questions we get asked about how to lose weight around menopause is what is the best diet plan to lose weight and tone up around menopause? We've worked with so many women in their 40s and 50s who felt stuck because they didn't know what they should be eating to get the scales moving. And every time New Year rolled round, they were trying all the things which used to work to shift the Christmas weight in their 20s and 30s, things like keto, low carb, shake diets, clean eating, meal plans, slimming groups, online programs, plant-based, vegan, and more. But Since turning 40, nothing was really working like it used to. They'd step on the scales after a long week of dieting and see zero movement. And when you're not seeing results, it's very hard to stay motivated, which is why a lot of women end up giving up a couple of weeks into January, leaving them stuck, unable to get their weight under control, choosing clothes to cover up problem areas rather than wearing what they like, hating shopping for clothes, not enjoying going to the January sales because nothing fits quite right anymore, especially in the more trendy shops, staring at a wardrobe full of amazing clothes they can no longer wear, and worrying that this is just a part of the aging process that they'll have to accept. But the reason this happens is simple. Women's bodies and hormones start to change as they get older, which can make it easier to gain weight, especially around the middle, and harder to lose it again with the normal methods of dieting. The problem is a lot of women are doing the wrong type of diet plan, for their body and for their hormones, meaning they see no results in the mirror. But if you avoid following the wrong approach, you can quickly and easily get the scales moving. You can drop a couple of dress sizes, feel incredible wearing anything you like in as little as 12 weeks. So in today's podcast, we're gonna reveal seven diets you should never do as a woman over 40 and what to do instead if you wanna see fast and sustainable results in the mirror. Some people have heard that there's this like magic 1200 calorie number, which is nonsense. Now, the benefits of these and the reason people are tempted by these low-calorie diets is they think they're going to get quick results. So there's, in theory, there's going to be quick results. And the second benefit can be you don't feel like you need to exercise, so it should save time and effort. And again, that's kind of good in theory. Like, we're all for making things as efficient as possible. The women we work with are very, very busy. Um, They don't have loads and loads of free time. So we don't want to have to be going to the gym every day or twice a day or doing anything really complicated. But... The drawback of these really low calorie diets is, well, there's a lot of them. Um, The first kind of key drawback to be aware of is you'll see this rapid change or rapid drop in your weight to potentially, again, around menopause, that's less certain. But most of that weight loss is not going to be from body fat. So the first thing you'll see is your weight drop because of a loss of water weight, just because you're eating way less food and that food in your stomach and um, when it's stored as glycogen in your muscles holds onto a lot of water. So if you stop eating much, um, you're going to then drop a lot of water weight. So it's kind of seeing the number on the scales go down, but you're not losing any of that body fat that makes you flabbier and saggier and wobbly. um, And it doesn't improve your health either. The second thing you're going to see, which is even more problematic, is a loss in muscle. So muscle is something that, unless you do the right things, from the age of 30 starts to decline. And that will make you flabbier and saggy. It'll slow down your metabolism. It'll make you more likely to fall, um, especially as you get older. It may not be now, but in the next 10, 20 years, if you fall, 
Um, after menopause, it's much more like you have a bone break due to loss of bone density and things like that. So we really want to avoid that muscle loss because it'll make you look much, much older, feel much older and be more likely to get an injury. You'll also start to lose bone density. Now that'll happen slower, but these really low calorie diets don't have enough nutrients in them to, to keep that bone density. Um, so you'll accelerate um, osteoporosis forming as well. So all of this means you'll end up feeling flabby, you'll end up feeling weak, you will not be toned at all um, by doing these extreme diets. It'll actually accelerate aging. What will also happen is your body will fight back. So you'll slow down your metabolism from having less muscle and your body will end up craving more and more because of um, the fat you've so severely restricted it. It will kind of ramp up all of the hunger hormones and this can last, go by the research, for up to a year later. So you're actually going to be likely to gain the weight back and more because your body is telling you, um, telling itself, you know, I'm starving, I really, really need food. So what tends to happen is maybe you'll get some quick results, but you'll definitely regain all the weight and more. The last thing, and this is the most problematic thing around menopause, is like all of that can happen for anyone, but around menopause is um, the body becomes more sensitive to stress. And these low calorie diets increase the body's internal stress levels because it perceives it as starvation. And this then makes it much harder to lose weight over 40. It triggers what we call the weight gain triangle, which we'll talk about more um, today, which is three knock-on effects of high stress hormones to high cortisol, which can come from starving the body which means you're more likely to store fat around the middle, more likely to um, overeat due to increased cravings, uh, and it will slow down your metabolism even further due to thyroid deregulation. So the only way to see good results to women over 40 is to work with your changing body and hormones, like you said earlier, Ben, rather than against them, especially if your life is already pretty stressful at work and at home. So what we suggest is following something called the Goldilocks principle. So if you remember from the story of Goldilocks and the three bears, um, there's three different porridge bowls. There's one that's too hot. There's one that's too cold. There's one that's just right. There's also three different beds. There's one that's too hard, too soft, and just right. When it comes to food around menopause and eating, you need to eat the right amount for you. Not too much because you can't lose weight, but also not too little because that causes all of those problems I just talked about. It needs to be just right for you. And this is going to be individual to you. And we do this with our clients using an approach called hormonally balanced eating. So we give them three key nutrients to get the right amount of. So calories, but also protein and fiber. And a lot of people are really focused on calories and just cutting them too low. Uh, a lot of our clients are surprised by how much they can eat and lose weight. Sometimes it's even more than they're eating before. Um, but also the right amount of protein, which most people are getting way too little of, especially women around menopause. Uh, and fiber, again, most people are getting about half as much of both of those things as they need. And the good thing is this is a really flexible approach. So you can kind of eat out, you can travel for work and you can make this work. It's not like one of these extreme diets which only works when you're at home, which is gonna be very temporary. And as I said, most of our clients are really surprised by how much they can eat and still see their weight drop every single week, even around menopause. So that's the first one to avoid, really low calorie dieting. 1200 calories is really low calories or less. Definitely do not do that in January if you're um, over 40 or you're experiencing any kind of aspect of menopause it's going to make things worse not better so the second one to avoid is low carb and ketogenic diets or keto diets so this would basically be cutting out carbs entirely or eating sort of less than 50 grams of carbs per day the this does have a couple of benefits following this type of approach first of all it is simple so it's it's fairly simple because you've only got really one rule to follow which is don't eat carbs so you've just got to figure that out it can be a bit more complicated when you actually try and put it into practice. 
The second benefit is you will see fast results initially, mostly because you will lose lots of water weight and carb weight, which I'll touch on in a second. Um, but also, you know, just due to the fact that you're cutting out a food group, it you know it's not always guaranteed, but you might then eat less food, and then that's what's going to cause you to see some results in the mirror. The drawbacks, though, are those fast initial results aren't all going to be due to fat loss. So your body stores carbs in your muscles, and for every gram of carbs stored, you also store three to four grams of water weight. So this carb weight and water weight will be lost in the first one to two weeks of cutting out carbs. So your body will use up all of those carb stores. That will look like a lot of fat loss, as in you'll see a big change in the number on the scales, but actually it's mostly just carb and water weight. So even if you see that big that big change in terms of the number on the scales, you might not necessarily feel better or look better as a result of doing that. It's also usually temporary, so the results will only ever be temporary, unless you want to give up carbs forever. So never eat pizza, pasta, no rice, no bread, no biscuits, no crisps, no cake, no snacks. Um, if you, unless you want to cut those things out forever, literally for the rest of your life, then you're not going to maintain it long term. It doesn't really teach you how to fuel your body while still eating all of these things, which is what we we basically teach our clients to eat in a way that gets them the results they want, but also not have to cut things out, not have to restrict things, not have to do really low calories. So the problem with the the keto approach is once you're fed up of cutting out carbs, you then return to eating how you did before did before because you don't kind of know any any other way any kind of middle of the road version of it and then what tends to happen is people then regain all of the weight until they get to a point where they've had enough but then maybe they go on the keto again they lose the weight they gain the weight they lose the weight and they just get stuck in this this cycle so low carbon keto would be the second thing we would not recommend following okay the next one i would avoid is a plant-based or vegan diet now if you want to do it for ethical reasons, totally fine, but it is a lot harder to see good results. You're going to be having to supplement a lot to get the right minerals and vitamins in and get enough protein in as well. But but the benefits of these diets, there are benefits to all of these. So the benefit of a plant-based or vegan diet is it can be healthier for some people because it kind of forces you to eat a lot more plant-based foods and a lot more vegetables, which a lot of people are not getting enough of. But that's kind of where the benefits end other than the ethical reasons, which may be why you want to do it. But a lot of people assume that therefore you're going to lose loads of weight and that's not the case because it can still be done in an unhealthy way. Actually, a lot of junk food is vegan, alcohol as well. A lot of alcohol is vegan, um, so you can get away with eating those things. A lot of biscuits, they don't have any natural products in them. A lot of cheap cakes, a lot of things like chips, crisps, they don't have anything in them that are from a natural source so plant-based source for example they replace butter with much worse alternatives that are much worse for your health and actually you can eat loads of this junk food and still not see any progress and that stuff's going to be way worse for you around menopause your body's going to react to that way worse if you're in your 20s you can get away with eating all this stuff maybe even early 30s but as you get older you cannot deal with that heavily processed food that you can still eat on a vegan diet the other reason it's a really um, poor diet to choose is it's very hard to get enough protein and I can't stress how important protein is. Um, the the older you get, and due to the changes in the body around menopause, you need more protein than ever to stay lean, to stay fit, to stay healthy, to preserve that muscle that otherwise falls away and makes you age much faster, look much older, um, and get much flabbier and saggier. And they've also found through studies that people who ate double the normal amount of protein, and you'll struggle to even get a normal amount, which is very low um, on a vegan diet, People ate double the amount, lost twice as much body fat. So protein is key for losing body fat for so many reasons, from managing cravings um, to also 
preserving that muscle they'll keep your metabolism high and help you to process um, sugar as well as well so it's very very hard to get that protein on a vegan or plant-based diet you're gonna have to be supplementing a lot and then the last thing is it's very hard to get enough of essential vitamins and minerals that you need so things like vitamin b12 which is essential for energy and brain function and if you're going through menopause you'll know a lot of those things are, are tricky anyway a lot of people fatigued and got brain fog so it's very hard to get that. So you're going to have to supplement that. It's very hard to get enough iron, which is essential for energy levels again, enough calcium, which is necessary for bone density to stop that osteoporosis developing, and enough vitamin D, which again is essential for energy, immunity, and bone density. So you're actually going to be making it way harder for you to be healthy, even if you get a few more vegetables in, you're going to be missing so many key things. Now, it's not impossible. I'm not saying if you are plant-based or vegan for whatever reason, um, but it's going to be a lot harder work. And most people are already busy enough as it is, and you're just going to make it way harder. You have to do a lot more food prep yourself. You're going to have to be a lot more clever with, uh, you know, smart with your supplementation as well. So in my experience, it doesn't work well. It's not an automatic um, win in terms of results and can actually often just perpetuate the problems around menopause. So the next one to avoid, unless you've got a very good reason to do it and want to put in the extra work is a plant-based or vegan diet. So the next one to avoid then is fasting. So this basically means, uh, you know, restricting the window that you're eating in. Maybe that's, um, you know, not eating less on certain days of the week or eating less at certain times or only eating within a small window of the day. The benefits of this, though, are it will generally make you eat less by restricting the amount of time that you have to eat each day. Um, it's not some sort of magic fast, you know, fat burning approach. As with all of these approaches, the main reason they work is just because they'll get you eating a bit less food through whatever rules or or regulations you've you've imposed through these different dieting methods the drawbacks of fasting though are you could still overeat within the eating window so if your only strategy was fasting and every day you have like a you know a six or an eight hour eating window if you start that six hour eating eating window and you just have like two thousand calories of domino's pizza and like a whole bag of cookies and half a cake and an ice cream milkshake or whatever and you eat four thousand calories it, it does you'll just gain weight essentially so it's it's not kind of a complete solution it doesn't deal with the root cause of over over 40 weight gain as well so things like stress things of like hormonal changes it's it's not really a specific approach for women over 40 um, and the, the other thing is it's not really a complete solution so it I'd say fasting is like a simple tactic which can be part of a bigger strategy to lose weight over 40 so um, you know some of our clients for example they'll they'll just say, you know, I don't really like eating first thing in the morning. So we'll say, no problem. Just push back your first meal to a bit bit of a later time and then just have your, have your breakfast at like 11 a.m. or 12 or whatever it is, whatever kind of suits your schedule best, which some people might say, oh, they're doing intermittent fasting then by shifting that breakfast back a little bit. But the reality is it's just kind of, if, if it works for someone to help them eat a bit less in the day, then it's a good thing to do. But again, the problem with fasting is, it's not really a complete solution. Yeah, and I've seen it actually sometimes go the other way and drive people to eat more because for some people, like you said, Ben, it's it's actually not a good tactic and it, it encourages things like emotional eating because they, they, their body doesn't manage their blood sugar levels well at the moment. And then suddenly going on to fasting means they'll get crazy cravings and end up eating way too much. And it doesn't have to look like, like the Domino's pizza, like you said, and ice cream. I've seen people overeat just by having like, nibbling on biscuits throughout the day and maybe having a couple of glasses of wine in the evening or some you know chocolate on the sofa in the evening i think some sometimes we think overeating has to look like this crazy binge but for some people it really doesn't it just looks like you know mindlessly eating these things throughout the day which you can definitely do within your farting window 
So diet number five to avoid in the new year is any kind of juice or shake diet. Now, the benefits of these, they're quick and easy to follow. You get set like a protocol of juices or shakes to drink. There's like lighter life and these other ones. And it's perceived as very low effort, which it is in the short term. But there's a lot of drawbacks to these diets. First of all, they are not sustainable unless you plan on drinking shakes and juices for the rest of your life. They do not teach you anything at all about how to look after your body, especially around menopause, which is totally different. Shakes and meal replacements are also often packed with a load of junk like sugar, um, a load of other fillers and things. So they're not particularly healthy, even if you may see weight loss. But that tends to only happen if you're younger anyway. Around menopause, again, a lot of these things will make it worse. They'll overstress the body by starving the body. They will not include all the things you need um, in terms of vitamins and minerals. So you'll just actually feel tired and more sluggish, more flabby and saggier. So really, the, <clears throat> pardon me got this like cold that's on the brink of developing before Christmas. But if you're listening to this in the new year, we recorded this just before Christmas. But these shake diets or juice diets, they have the same disadvantages of like a nutrition-only approach. <clears throat> Pardon me. They have the same disadvantages of like a nutrition-only approach, like 800 calories a day, 1,200 calories a day. And there's rarely any exercise advice given either. So they're kind of, again, like a quick fix that would have worked if you're younger, but actually just makes things worse if you're older. Um, so definitely not something I'd recommend. And I think I was speaking to a client last week who was doing this Arbonne diet, spent thousands on it, went to this clinic and it did this weird thing where it like shook their legs and vibrated them for fat loss, like nothing, obviously nothing happened. Um, and then they'd lost all of this money having done one of these really expensive, basically shake diets um, that just made her feel rubbish. So again, I'd really avoid those, um, especially around menopause. The next thing to avoid would be exercise-only approaches. So things which are, you know, the main element of it is exercise. So for example, things like couch to 5K, jogging, cycling, or just kind of going out, walking more. So obviously these things do have benefits. So they'll help your mental health for sure. They will burn some calories. They will probably improve your overall fitness. I would also say, I would say, you know, whatever approach you follow, always try and include some exercise as an element of that approach because it is it is key and it, it will make your results better and make your results sort of last longer the drawbacks you might run into though is a lot of these approaches are based around cardio and cardio exercise also tends to make people very hungry so you'll probably find you know if you've ever been out for a run or whatever it is you come back from that and you think you feel absolutely starving afterwards <laughs> I, I do anyway. Um, intense cardio can also raise a stress hormone level. So there's a stress hormone called cortisol. So cortisol can, I mean, cardio can raise that cortisol level. And then for women over 40, that can block any weight loss results that you see. So elevated cortisol will create what's called insulin resistance, leptin resistance, and decreased thyroid function, which we call the weight grain triangle. That will make cravings worse. It will mean that you're more likely to store fat around the middle area and it will slow down your metabolism. So doing the wrong type of exercise can essentially make it more difficult for you to lose weight if you're a woman over 40. The other problem is you can also never out-exercise the wrong diet. So an average, the average calories burned doing couch to 5K will be about 250 calories in your average session. That would then be canceled out by if you just have one large glass of wine, you know, half a sharing bag of chocolate, one mince pie, that's gonna cancel out all of the benefits of doing that couch to 5k so even if you did that every single day if you don't get things right with your nutrition you could still see no weight loss or even see your weight going going up as well as especially if you're doing 
that cardio-based exercise as well. So you've got elevated cortisol, you're also overeating. Together, that can mean that you can put in loads of effort on an exercise approach, but then not see the results that you would have expected. Okay, and the last diet we'd recommend avoiding, it's not really a diet, but a lot of people we speak to are just trying to eat healthy, trying to eat a little bit healthier or do something like clean eating. You know, this clean eating word goes around a lot. Now, the benefits of this, there are some good benefits, like making better food choices will make you healthier. You are what you eat. The things you put into your body have a big influence on how you look and how you feel. You probably also get better energy levels. Like one of the first things we do with our clients is help them reset their food choices, but in a very structured way. And you will likely eat less food if you, or less calories from food if you make you know better food choices that are less processed. So it may work for, for weight loss in some cases, but we speak to so many women who have tried this and it's just not working because you need a more structured approach around menopause and it's just too unspecific. You're probably missing key things like we talked about protein, like we talked about fiber. And what tends to happen with just like a slight intention to eat better is the the things that you cut out just creep back in again pretty quickly. So the, the wine or the, the sugar, the chocolate, the biscuits, the crisps. And the last issue with it is you can still eat too much healthy food. So we speak to people who are making really good healthy meals, but they're just having too big of portions that are not the right balance of food um, for their body now around menopause. And that then means they're not going to lose weight, even if it's from healthy food. Just because it's healthy doesn't mean it's going to work for weight loss. You need to get it the right quantities, like we talked about the key three before, calories, protein, and fiber, not too much, not too little, just right. Um, and if you do that, you can do that in a really flexible way. Whereas just trying to eat healthier is this kind of vague approach, which is very, very hard to specify what it means. And it's very, very hard to um, make it work around things like social life, like family life, like work dinners and things like that. So whilst it is a good idea, just like intermittent fasting, it's just one piece of the puzzle and you need to have all of the pieces to see good results around menopause. So Ben, what what are those pieces of the puzzle that, you know, if you're a woman over 40, you need to, to, to have to see good results? So for women over 40, the main thing is you need to do the right thing. So you need to basically work with your changing body and hormones rather than against it. So we recommend an approach called hormonally balanced eating. So that has two real stages to it. The first stage is called the diet makeover. So what that means is avoiding hormone disrupting foods. So we call these the WADS foods or wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar. This will help kickstart fat loss. It will help get your cravings under control, help get you some get you some quick wins and then set you up for the second stage, which we call the key three. So the key three is hitting three key um, targets with your nutrition. So your calories, your protein and your fiber, which we'll figure out which are kind of specific to you. And with all of those, you want to have not too much, not too little, just right. And if you do that, you can lose one to two dress sizes in 12 weeks. It obviously also helps if you combine that with the right exercise approach. So we recommend low impact strength training or list training. Um, and following an approach like this, though, it's like using a motorized lawnmower to cut the grass rather than cutting the lawn with a pair of scissors. Like if you go over the, the you cut the lawn with the lawnmower, it takes 10 minutes. If you took the pair of kitchen scissors and got on your hands and knees and crawled along cutting all of the grass, you might be there all day. So it's much quicker, much more efficient. Um, and the results also look a lot better as well. And a great example of this is one of our clients, Natalie. So Natalie from Lincolnshire. Um, she said before joining Trinity, I was 13 stone, two pounds. So 83.9 kilos. And she was a size 16. She was fed up and had a small selection of clothes that fitted her. 
I was very self-conscious and not feeling generally good enough. I tried all sorts, Slimming World, Weight Watchers, Light Alive, Exante, Lisa Riley, and the Bikini Diet. However, since doing the program, I've learned I can lose weight and socialize. It's okay to have a meal that's not 100% as long as I get straight back into it, and I can go shopping for clothes again. In the last 12 weeks, I've lost 8.9 kilos, so almost one and a half stone, and dropped from a size 16 to a size 12 to 14, and I'm much happier with what I see in the mirror. I can wear clothes again rather than just what fitted me. I feel better in general and have more energy and feel more confident and comfortable. So that is an example of what's achievable around menopause. We have so many more examples if you check out our website and the results section of the website. Um, and if people want to find out more about what they actually should do in, if they want to see the best possible results around menopause and what people like Natalie followed, um, where can people go then? So to find out more about working with us and, and you know, getting yourself the best possible approach to make your goals a reality, head to www.fit40info.com and you can find all of the information that you need on that page. So that just about wraps up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you next week for another episode. We will see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.